Welcome to King of Glory Lutheran Church Education Podcast. We are a Christian community of faith located in Williamsburg, Virginia. For more information, please visit us on the web at kogva.org. Welcome to our, our class. Welcome to the folks who are watching online this morning. We're glad all of you could be here. We're going to continue with a series of Bible studies. Um, entitled Conversations with Jesus, and today we're going to be looking at conversation that Jesus has with a self-righteous Pharisee. So let's begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, as we look at your word this morning, may it indeed serve as as a mirror for us. Perhaps we will see ourselves, Um, perhaps we'll be challenged by your word, maybe we'll be comforted by your word. My Lord, I ask you to just be with us as we have this opportunity to to interact with one another, to share our thoughts and see how your word touches our life. We ask you to indeed be with us, we know you're present with us this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Okay, we're going to be um, looking at a an event in our Lord's life in Matt, in um, Luke seven. Do you have that little sheet there? It is a um, it is a event that's recorded in all four of the Gospels. Or I shouldn't say that. Um, something like this is recorded in all four of the Gospels. Um, where Jesus is anointed by a, by a woman. Um, some scholars think that each of these accounts is um, really just one account, that it's just written in different, you know, in different ways. But there are some real significant differences between the one we're going to be looking at today and the other, the other accounts in Matthew, Mark, and in, in John. Um, let's read this one first, and then I'll talk about some of the, some of the differences that, that maybe make it um, a, an event that stands by, it, by, by itself. Um, if somebody would you know, maybe start reading and then stop, and if somebody else would pick it up, Luke 7, starting in verse 36, if somebody would... Now, now one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him. So he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. When a woman who had lived a sinful life in that town learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster jar of perfume. And as she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him, and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. Jesus answered him, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher, he said. Two men owed money. Oops. That's okay. Yeah, continue reading. Or somebody. Peter, you want to tell me, teacher? Tell me, teacher, he said. Two men owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii, and the other 50. 
Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he canceled the debts of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt canceled. You've judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house, and you did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not pour, put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, for she loved much, but he who has been forgiven little, loves little. Then Jesus said to her, Your sins are forgiven. And the other guests began to say among themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Okay, um, as I said, there's, there's, there's an account of Jesus being anointed by a, a woman in each one of the gospel, um, each one of the gospels in Matthew and Mark and in John. There's some, some real differences in each of, one, each of these accounts that, that many scholars think that this one in, in Luke is different than the others, and it's not the same, and it's not the same um, account. Number, number, number one, um, the location is differently. Each in, in Matthew and in Mark and in John, um, all, of the, all of those anointings take place um, in Bethany just outside of Jerusalem, where this one takes place um, probably up in Galilee, uh, at least um, in the verses preceding this, Jesus had, Jesus had been in, in, um, in Galilee. Um, in this one, it says that it's a Pharisee's house. The other ones do not, do not say that. Um, the other ones say that um, Simon, the name is the same, um, was a leper. Um, this one does not say that. The emphasis is that, that Simon is a, a Pharisee, and that's an important part of this, um, of this lesson as well. In the other three accounts, there's no um, mention of, this, of the woman's behavior, um, of that, which, we will, which, we will, which we'll see about, which we'll, which we'll talk about um, there, about, her, um, about what she did. There, there's no um, story that Jesus tells about the, the, the debtors. Um, there's no pronouncement of forgiveness of sins in the other ones either. So, so this one is, is really different. Um, not only that, I think I also, I don't know if I did, did mention, this one takes place really at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, where the other three take place um, really just before his... Um, in, in Holy Week, just before his um, his uh, his crucifixion, so there's a lot of differences. Whether it's the same account or not, you will get um, biblical scholars, you know, arguing both ways. But this one, there's quite a significant amount of difference in the in the um, in the two in the two accounts. So we read this one. What um, what is it that stands out? Just in the quick reading of it to you, what are, what are some interesting things that 
that maybe stand out in this in this quick reading of this one? The boldness of the woman. The boldness of the woman, okay. Yeah. What else? Well, I think the fact that he was not, his feet were not washed and he had not been treated as a guest would be treated in this house. Okay, and that probably, we'll talk about that, that probably says something about the host. Okay? Yeah. yeah. He was not, and he, yeah, Jesus was not treated with the, with the, the traditional way a guest should have been treated when they came into the home in the, you know, in, in the Middle East. Lynn? Well, I, it seems, it's, it seemed when we read it, maybe I'm wrong, um, when he tells the story about the debtors, he says, the one who is re- forgiven much, the forgiveness comes before love. But with the woman, her love prompts the forgiveness. It's backwards. Possibly. Okay. The, the logic, it doesn't hold to me. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. If you look at question number nine, why is it easy to misunderstand this verse? Okay. okay. We'll get to that one. <laughs> so it, it was easy for me. <laughs> okay. I'm just surprised that she even got in. All right. Yeah. Yeah, now we make an assumption that this took place inside a home. Apparently, very frequently, um, meals were held out in a courtyard. And there would be invited guests into the into the host's courtyard, and people would surround the the meal just to get a glimpse of the conversations that were going on at you know, at the meal. So that wasn't that, un- apparently not that unusual. Um, apparently not that unusual. I think the other thing is that um, the way that people ate during the, the first century, reclining. Reclining. was better for the digestion. And so that would have get, given her access, not to his head so much, because I guess his head would be at the table. At the table. But his feet would have been <laughs> right. sticking out. Right. I think that's kind of interesting. Right. Well, you know, Leonardo da Vinci's uh, oh, yeah, picture totally of the wow. Last Supper, um, <laughs> where everybody's sitting at a table, that probably was not the way it was. <laughs> that's not the way it was done. They were reclining. Um, probably very much, very much so. Um, Pete? Uh, going back to that boldness of the woman again, um, boldness, yeah, to, to break into a dinner like that, but I'm, I'm really struck by the the tremendous love that she must have had uh, to go in uh, if she had that bad of a past okay. and, and was known in the community for that. She must have seen Jesus, heard him, and and sensed or known the forgiveness that could be hers. And she came with tremendous love and gratitude and, the, and expressed it the only way she could. Very much so. Okay. Yeah, very much so. I also think it's interesting that the Pharisee, um, it says, said to himself, if this man were a prophet. And Jesus answers him as if he had spoken out loud. (laughs) Jesus knew what he was thinking. (laughs) Right, right. Okay. And we'll talk, yeah, we'll talk a little bit about that. Sure. Other um, thoughts come to mind? All right, let's, let's, let's begin. What do you know? 
you know, quickly, this and this group will know a whole lot. What do you know about Pharisees? Because Luke makes a real point that this man was a Pharisee, and this is important. Um, this is important to the context of of this of this event. As he said, the anointings in in Matthew, Mark, and in John, um, the fact that Jesus was eating in a meal, it, it isn't at all mentioned that the host was a Pharisee. It's Simon the leper in one of them. One of them was in Mary and Martha's and Lazarus's home. Um, but Luke makes a point that this man was a, a Pharisee who had invited Jesus. What do we know about the Pharisees? Just real quickly. He knew the scriptures. Huh? Yeah. Knew the scriptures. They know the law. Knew the law. And was despised. Um, well, this, I don't know if they were dis despised by the general public, but they were, um, they were good church people. I, and, I, and I say that, um, I mean, they tithed, they kept all of the rituals, they, um, now Jesus didn't have a whole lot good to say about, about them, that they were hypocrites and called them a brood of vipers, called them whitewashed tombs, you look good on the outside, but you stink on the inside, you know, um, so all of that kind of, you know, that kind of, you know, things, but very meticulous in trying to keep all of the rules and regulations, and I'm going to say many, many, many of them were man-made rules and regulations um, that, that came about really as a result of the Babylonian captivity, um, which took place, you know, 500 years before Jesus um, was, was born. The Jews were taken into captivity in Babylon. They were eventually returned to Jerusalem. And the questions that they had was, we don't want this to happen to us again. Um, how can we prevent us being you know, taken into captivity? Um, how can, you know, how can um, we live a good life um, so God would not allow this to happen again? And they would have the commandments, you know, for example, um, uh, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Well, what does that, you know, what does that mean? And so they developed very, you know, just lots of little rules and regulations so that they could be sure that they would, you know, not despise the Sabbath day. I can't work on the Sabbath day. I can't turn out lights on the Sabbath day. I can't do this. I can't travel from my home, you know, so far on the Sabbath day. So they made lots and lots and lots and lots of rules and regulations so that they wouldn't transgress the major commandments. And those little rules and regulations soon became so ingrained um, that uh, that's, that's the lifestyle that they, you know, that they, that, that they had. You know, Jesus talked about them tithing dill seeds. You know, dill seeds are, you know, how big are they? They're teeny little things, but they meticulously tithe their, can you imagine counting your dill seeds and then making sure you set aside ten? Oh, oh, oh. Well, I, I wonder if there's any thought process of why the Pharisee would have invited him. Okay, well, let's... What's the motivation for All right, why do you... And let, let me just stop one before we 
take that because that's the next that's the next question. Um, um, the Pharisees, you know, they do get a bad rap, um, you know, in the you know in the in the scriptures. They weren't. All, there's at least two occasions where Pharisees are. I'm going to say, do something positive. Number one, Nicodemus, a Pharisee, came to Jesus at night. You know the story about that in John in John three. And there's another and there's another occasion in um, in Luke where the Pharisees warned. What a Pharisee came and warned Jesus about the impending um, uh, arrest of. Um, so it's not. You know, sometimes there was a glimmer of goodness in a Pharisee. Okay. All right. Um, let's get, take Janet's question. Why do you think Simon the Pharisee invited Jesus to this meal? To have dinner? Well, throughout the, the whole scriptures, they're always looking for a way to catch him. Yeah. Okay. So this might have been another opportunity on his own, or maybe it was planned by by Pharisees in general. Okay. But let's get him inside and see if we can catch him. All right. That is that is um, not putting the best construction on the Pharisees' motive. That's their own fault. <laughs> okay. There certainly were instances, especially, especially during the last week of our Lord's life, where the Pharisees tried to put Jesus to the test and to get him to say things that were, you know, not um, kosher at the, well, at the time. To put a better spin on it. Okay. Um, his, uh, the, the Pharisees uh, comment about, well, if he were a prophet, he would know. So maybe he was really interested to find out, is this man really what he says? He okay. Is? Perhaps there was a genuine um, so, yeah, a, yeah, maybe a, a searching. Here's this Jesus, a a very up and coming rabbi. He calls him a rabbi. He calls him teacher. Um, maybe he was curious. Maybe he was curious. Maybe it would would have been a um, a you know a, a flower in his. A feather in his cap, that's what it is. A feather in his cap, you know, to have this prominent rabbi to come into his home and to talk about, you know, talk about things. We know that he didn't um, uh, perhaps respect him too much because he didn't offer the normal courtesies that... that um, would should have been offered, but you know perhaps this would have been a feather in his cap to you know, to have this prominent person come um, to his home and spout off about what he you know would you know would, you know would share. Janet? Well, I I kind of wonder since he didn't do that. I mean, he didn't have a lot of respect for Jesus, but he must have had some curiosity or some maybe if I can't. Maybe maybe I'm hearing the wrong things, or maybe I need to get to know this guy because maybe he's a misguided, right. you know, whatever. Right. I mean, you just have to wonder. But right. He didn't respect him as an honored guest. That's correct. Yeah, you would, would have to assume that, that he did not extend the, the proper courtesy. It's sort of like inviting somebody you disagree with 
Yeah. You know, from Sunday dinner or something. Well, because you want to, you want to find out about right. Yeah, John? Well, the fact that he said, um, um, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, makes me wonder if he was giving it some serious thought. Like, what is this this man? Um, it, 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 even a little bit beyond curiosity, just wondering. Maybe, yeah. You know, and he does call him rabbi. He does call him teacher. I mean, he there's there's perhaps you know you know some you know some respect. You don't get the indication, at least, that he was malicious in inviting Jesus to this meal. That doesn't come that doesn't come through, at least. Whether he was he highly respected Jesus. That would be questionable. But you don't get the malicious, the malicious intent, perhaps. And just the fact that he said to himself, if this man is a prophet, he didn't um, challenge Jesus, don't you know, you know, out loud um, to the guests. Okay. So that was a little bit in his favor. Very much, yeah, very much so. And the way he ends his statement, though, too, that, that she is a sinner. Yeah. Now that's that says volumes about his perception of himself, too. It's like the, the story about the, the tax collector and the Pharisee. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, forgive me. Yes. I'm going to say that's going to be the bottom line of this conversation with a, a Pharisee who thinks of himself as being self-righteous and will maybe end with and with um, that. But Luke says he, she was a sinner. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, this isn't just the Pharisee right. pointing that out. Oh, correct. Thinking Cor- it, thinking it correct, correct. Um, why do you think the woman was there? Now, we made, you, you will, some of you made an assumption earlier um, well, why, why do you think the woman was there? I guess that's all. Just leave it at that. Why do you think she showed up in this courtyard? And again, that would have been not unusual. There, there would have been this meal, conversation, and it would have been very um, usual for townspeople to congregate around to hear these pearls of wisdom that perhaps would have been shared um, during, this, during this meal. But why, why the woman, do you think? Well, she must have heard him before. Mm-hmm. I, I would think so, mm-hmm. um, Don. I, that I don't think this is her first contact with Jesus. Um, if, if Jesus had been preaching and sharing, she may have heard. She may have had a relationship in some way with, with Jesus um, and, and I'm going to I'm going to point something out. Um, maybe at this point, um, if you go to verse 48, um, how do you, how is that trans how is that translated in your your sons your sins are forgiven? Okay, um, is that what you, all of you have? Yeah. The Greek really says your sins had you know have been forgiven. Um, it, it's it's a perfect tense in in Greek. It, it's an event that had taken place. 
that she, you know, and you can read that a little bit, you know, differently, that I'm, I'm, there's the real possibility, at least, that in a contact with Jesus prior to this meal, that she had been forgiven um, prior to the meal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Beyond, uh, yeah. Is, is there any thought that she could be the woman picking, that was going to be stoned? That Jesus don't know. Th- th- that they don't say no. But if she were a sinner, they're talking about adultery and prostitution. Probably, if it's that obvious, everybody's a sinner. So. Right. <laughs> but but maybe there was a network even of of those sinner women in that right. she heard about right. this or well I my thoughts go with the woman that thought if she could touch the hem of his garment you know and maybe she thought she could be unobtrusive if she just slipped in and you know got contact That's, with him and she may have been pushed away by somebody else that she was not worthy of doing that um, for her to and, and we need to be very, I think we need to be very, very careful here. For her to act as she did towards Jesus, was that, and this is, you know, then you mentioned it, was this to earn his forgiveness, or was it a result of the fact that she had been forgiven? And look at the details of, of her, the account. She didn't just come in with perfume and pour it on his feet and dry it with her hair. She cried. Right. So something that happened to her. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I, and I think this is a, a point that, that gets made in just a, you know, a little bit. But, but um, again, that, that the Greek there gives the impression that she had been forgiven. Um, prior and that's what that debtor story is, too. Yes. Yes, she had been given, forgiven much. It, it's... It already happened, and now she's expressing Correct. her love. She's very much so. Yeah. I was just wondering that, thinking about other stories where Jesus says, I forgive your sins, isn't it usually associated with a physical healing? Yes, sometimes. Yes, sometimes. But, maybe, but I just think this is interesting because she recognizes that the healing that she needs is not a physical one. Correct. It is a healing of her heart. Yes. Because of her very, great very sin. Right. Which I think is just profound that she recognizes right. that and, and, right. and knows right. that she has been healed of something in an extraordinary right. way. Right. Okay. What does is, what is the Greek say for verse 50? Uh, for what? Verse 50. Your faith has saved you. I didn't know that. Well, I, I think what you're, I think what that, the, the, the implication there is that her trusting in what Jesus has done for her is the source of her, is the, force, is the source of her salvation. Trusting in, trusting in, in, in his grace that is the that's that is 
the source of her, her being her being saved. So um, let's look at let's look at the woman. Um, and and again and again, um, you know, perhaps this you know, I, I'm, and I'm, I am making an assumption here that this was not her first contact with Jesus. That she very, very possibly, and, I, and again, I think that is more, you know, that comes out here, that, that indeed she um, had a prior con- experience with Jesus, and because of that prior contact, and we can even make an assumption that Jesus had somehow assured her of her forgiveness of whatever her lifestyle was um, prior, you know, prior to, you know, prior to this. If that's the case, then that puts the story very similar to the story of the ten lepers. Yeah. You know, the one that came back. back yes. She might be one who came back also. Okay. Um, what do you think the dinner attendee, attendees thought about the woman's actions and Jesus' response to the actions? Uh, yeah. Wow. yeah, what she did, she's a, she is very emotional at this, you know, at this, you know, at this point. Um, you know, what does it say she did? Um, she stood behind his feet weeping. She began to wet his feet with her tears. She wiped them with her hair, kissed them, poured perfume on them. I mean, this. I mean, she's making. This is a grand gesture. This is a grand, you know, a grand gesture. I remember from one of your previous Bible studies, you talking about how the feet were very significant and almost a sign of intimacy. I. Oh, you said that. <laughs> I don't know. Well, but, but if in fact that was the case, as was said in a previous Bible study, <laughs> um, she was, I think it, it points to how familiar she was that she felt comfortable enough to do this. But, okay. Well, and, and that has been pointed out with Ruth and Boaz, is it Ruth, who oh. slept at his at Boaz's feet. That that was a yes. I've heard that too, John. <laughs> <laughs> the letting down of her hair. Um, apparently, a Jewish a, a Jewish woman would not let down her. The only one who would see her with her hair let down would be her husband. Um, and apparently, I I read I read it somewhere that um, a a husband could divorce his wife. If she let down her hair in public, um, so for her to do that, that too was just unheard of. Um, just unheard of for you know somebody you know somebody to do that. Um, would there have been only men at this dinner? Apparently so. Yeah, you would guess that. I, I'm not. That we don't. We don't um, know. And don't you bet they were a bunch of Pharisees, too? Yes, I would imagine they were. And if Simon was inviting people, he probably invited indeed, them Pharisees. Indeed, indeed, um, And I think Simon would have been appalled. That obviously... He was. He was, he was, he was. Um, do you see the irony in Simon's wondering or questioning whether or not Jesus is really a prophet? What does, um, what does Simon, Simon say? Simon says. What does Simon say? You want to know? 
idea who this woman was. Yeah, why, Jesus, are you letting this woman do this to you? If you would, if you would, if you were a prophet, you would know this. You know what this woman is. There's that. There's that questioning. Would this make him unclean in Pharisees' eyes? Po- very, uh, very possibly. Very possibly. But Simon is questioning whether or, whether or not Jesus is is a prophet because he doesn't know this woman. But then, what happens? The very next thing, Jesus knows what's in Simon's mind. Um, so he may not be a prophet, but he's a mind reader. <laughs> oh well, he, you know, you know both ways. Um, uh, um, Jesus, Simon questions whether or not Jesus knows this woman's heart, but Jesus knows Simon's heart um, about what's going on in, in, you know, in his, you know, in his, um, in his mind. Um, let's look then. Um, You know, when you get to verse 40, and then tell me, teacher, he said. Um, again, uh, Simon is calling Jesus a rabbi at this point in time. What do you think of the, what do you think of the, um, the story that is told? It says, two men, owed, two men owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denarii, which is about a year and a half's worth of wages. So that's a, a you know a significant amount of money. If if the if the normal um, day salary was a denarii um, a denarii, five hundred, I mean this is a lot of money. You know, a year and a half's worth of wages. Um, and the other one only fifty, so that's a little bit more than a month and a half. You can see the difference in, in what is you know you know what is owed. Um, Canceled the debts of them. Canceled the debts of them both. Which one will love him more? Um, obviously. What do you think about verse forty-three? It says, "I suppose." It's begrudging. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Well, I think he. Thinking this, this is going to be a trick question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, think Simon, I, answer here. Right, I think Simon, you know, it does. It doesn't say, I, do yours have, I suppose? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's almost as if Simon says, I'm in trouble. Yeah. I, I'm in trouble about the way I'm going to answer this, uh, you know, answer this question. <laughs> um, I bet I, I'm. I'm Simon knows he's in knows he's in trouble. Um, I, I think he, you know, I think he does. And then Jesus asks, "Do you see this woman?" I, and that's an interesting, interesting thing. Um, what does Simon see? The sinner. The sinner. Yeah. yeah, I think Simon. Yeah. And a woman on top of that yeah. Somebody yeah. should not be there at all. Right? Yeah. I don't think Simon saw this woman the same way that Jesus saw oh, this woman. Yeah. 
Um, yes, yeah, you know, maybe Simon didn't see this this woman. Um, I, I don't even know if that's the right if the right way right way to put it. Um, Simon saw a sinner. Simon saw somebody who was but not you know down here and he is a Pharisee up here. Um, he did not see this woman in the same light as Jesus saw. Well, she was not invited. Well, she was not yeah. she was not invited, Brian. Is, is there a distinction between oil and ointment, one being more valuable than the other? I don't. What did yours say? Mine says ointment. Ointment. Apparently, it wasn't unusual for people to carry a some kind of a flask type thing around their their neck. I don't know if that you know what. I don't know what the significance you know what the significance of that. Well, he just you know in, in, in speaking to Simon, he says, you know, you didn't uh, anoint my head with oil, but she. Mm. You oh, put ointment on my feet. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Now, I would have, I would assume that the oil would have been olive, you know, olive oil. Mm-hmm. This alabaster with perfume, maybe it was Sounds different. More maybe more, more valuable. Mm-hmm. More valuable. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm not certain of that. Um, I'm not certain of that. But uh, again, this you know, do you see this woman? Yeah, but you know, I see her down here, and I'm up here, and that's you know, very much like I, I believe the, you know, the, the Pharisee and the publican in the you know in the temple. I thank you, God, that I'm not like this <laughs> Pharisee. Um, I'm not like this. I'm not like this publican. Um, then in verse 40, verse 47, and here it, it is, you know, we're starting in verse 44. Um, I was just going to say one thing that struck me. Um, when Jesus goes through the list of things that Simon didn't do, right. as opposed to the woman, um, it's interesting to me that Jesus didn't say that um, up front. He didn't call Simon out on his lack of hospitality and, you know, respect. He didn't do that. It was only when Simon um, called the woman out that he pointed it out. Um, I think that that shows some... He didn't embarrass Simon in front of his guests at first, you know, until Simon acted poorly. And actually Simon didn't really act poorly. He just thought poorly. Um, Yeah, very, very much. And, and, well, you know, I I think what is you know, you know, when it when it says, you know, when it says here, you see this woman, what does Simon see and what does what does Jesus see? Um, I think Simon Simon didn't even didn't see himself um, 
in need of much God's grace. I think he thought of himself as being, you know, much. I'm a Pharisee. I'm a Pharisee. I'm much better than this, you know, this woman. I try to, you know, I do, you know, I keep the, you know, I keep the law. Um, yeah, but do we do that? Do we good Lutherans, church people? I mean, there are people who are terrible sinners. And do we look, do we kind of think we're on a higher plane than I don't know. I don't think this is real hard to <laughs> hard to understand. Oh, I love what Philip Yancey said and um, he wrote a book I can't remember the name of it but anyway, Searching for Jesus and he's, he says of, of us church people that we're all recovering Pharisees. <laughs> I think it's easy. I think it's easy for us to pat ourselves on the Yeah, I. Well, conversely, is it as easy to be like the woman who you basically say, I'm such a sinner, I'm, I'm unworthy, and then not try to make that connection? Yeah. yeah. Heavy stuff. We are. <laughs> Well, aren't we all sinners? And is there a... I mean, is the sin of prostitution any worse than the sin of, of struggling with thy will be done? No. Yeah. And um, I, I use... And I, I use this illustration oftentimes with, um, with the confirmation... with the confirmation class. Um, imagine... You know the the trapeze. There's a person catching, you know, catching the other one. Um, what difference does it make if the 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 trapeze artist misses the catcher by 15 feet or by one hundredth of an inch? The results are going to be the results are going to be the same. Yeah, and. Um, and I think that's true. I'm going to say, big sin, little sin. The result is the the result is the same. Separation from separation from God. In God, you know, in in, in man's eyes, um, we think in terms of sin, perhaps on a ladder, where oh, telling a white lie is down here, but you know, oh, maybe kidnapping and murder is you know is up here in in society's in society's eyes. But I like to say God has no depth perception. When He looks down, I mean, He doesn't see the difference between telling a white, you know, telling lies and 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 murder. Um, it's, thankfully, yeah, thankfully, yes. But, well, and, but thankfully, and yeah. each of them are as easily forgiven or as hard forgiven, actually, because as, it took yeah. Jesus' death to forgive. That's correct. But it, it's. it's Forgiveness is just as accessible to the murderer as it is to the white liar. Correct. Correct. But yeah. that's really hard for people. For oh, us. Because I, I kind of think about that things that are illegal are far worse than things that take place in my heart. <laughs> true, true. And so I love your picture of God looking down and not having any depth. He has no depth. Yeah. It's all the same. It's all the same. But, you know, in society, though, we do. We mm-hmm. We put 
Some sins down at the bottom part of the ladder, and some are really bad up here. Um, and as society looks at those, yes. And perhaps the consequences, or the, the, um, yeah, the consequences of telling a white lie is nowhere near, perhaps, as, as um, or crucial. Or public. What? Nor as public. Nor as public as murdering someone. So, so I think in, in, a, in, a, in a prior Bible study that <laughs> you, you talked that about forgotten. You know, it's, it, it's a forgiveness is, is just the first step and that's between you and God. It doesn't mean that, 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 that your debt to society has been forgiven. That, that you, know, you have committed a murder. God forgives you but you're still going to do some time. That was a long one. Go. Yeah, the con- <laughs> yes, the consequences to society, sure, you know, obviously are. You know, very, very, you know, very much so. Um, you know, so then, and we talked about this that that last question, or the second to last question, number nine. Why is it easy to misunderstand this verse? Um, and I, we can't say that because the woman did these things it is because she did these th- because she did these things that's why Jesus forgave her we can't we can't say that and that is the point of the little story that Jesus tells as as well that her actions were the result of her being forgiven um, so I, it's it's very, you know, it's it's very tricky in a way. It's, um, well, he's referring to her heart here, though, too. Yeah, he is. And, and using your example of uh, of uh, no depth perception, okay, I I would tend to agree that some sins are a little more grievous to to God because when He looks down, He sees the sin, but He's also looking at the heart. You know, was this? Uh, oh yeah. Let's say the sin of prostitution was this due to circumstances, or is this a chosen profession? You know, or was was the murder uh, something that just happened due to circumstances, or is this your chosen way of life? You know, I think there is a, a difference there, and it's all because he's looking past the sin to see what's the motivation in your heart. Sure. But uh, what I will also say is that because we know God is a, a, a gracious and loving and um, forgiving God, that is what moves us to be open to repent. A change in heart. Yeah. So it is, it is God's grace, it is God's mercy that changes hearts. It isn't something that I necessarily do. I wouldn't. I wouldn't confess my sins. I wouldn't um, if I didn't know that God is a gracious God to forgive. You know, to forgive my to forgive my sins. And so, you know, just to go back to this um, thing, we we have to be very careful about saying that it wasn't these women's actions that moved Jesus to forgive her. It was because she was forgiven, this is why she flowed with love towards, towards Jesus. Well, it may just be the way it's written here, but um, 
where it says, uh, therefore I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. Uh, for she loved much. I wonder if... See, that's your... That's the, that's, that's to your point. Yes. About maybe maybe she was forgiven previously. Yeah. Uh, it's It's... It's easy to misunderstand this in, in a way for people to think that what moved Jesus to forgive her was her love. On the spot. Yeah. 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 So that's... I, I wanted to say something about murder and white lies. Okay. Um, I will, I will agree, I can agree that God is as able to forgive murder as he is to forgive a white lie. However, I do think that even to God, there are gradations because of because he might look at the at the consequences of the murder and the pain that was caused to his children and and how how it impacted so many different people and in ways he would not have chosen to happen. And I think that would make him sadder than, is that an anthropomorphizing? But anyway, um, he can forgive that just as easily as the white lies. But I think in seriousness, maybe God does hurt more. Yeah, so don't, don't you, do you see what I'm trying to say? That, that for, for instance, Hitler. He's always so good. He's such a good example for so many things. You can always dredge up Hitler. To, um, all the pain and suffering and um, things that he caused have to hurt God's heart more than a white lie. Um, could he have been forgiven? It, would he have been forgiven? Of course. Um, we, that I understand, but I do think that some things hurt God's heart more than that's my opinion. You can ask. I was going to say, you're going to have to ask. Put it on your list. Yeah. <laughs> I won't care probably once I get there. But do notice that um, Jesus doesn't say anything to Simon about being forgiven. And, and Simon never responds after that. I want to put another spin on this, the way we've been going. If he thinks that way, he also gets hurt a lot more by a Christian sinning than by a non-believer sinning. Okay. That we should know better. Yeah. It's a betrayal. Yeah. Yeah. Christians, yeah. I forgot who said this, that the greatest sin is to be is to be conscious of no sin. No, wait, what? Say that again? For me to think that I am sinless. Okay. And the reverse of that is to live your life with um, purity of heart and not know it. Okay. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> no, you don't. No, we're getting very deep here. <laughs> very deep. But I, you know, and again, the, the point of this whole, of this conversation is um, Jesus dealing with a man who thought that he was better than this, than this woman. Um, and, you know, Jesus 
Jesus lays it on the line. He didn't think he was in need of, of God's forgiveness. Um, he didn't see this woman as, you know, as being a, a child of God, even worthy of forgiveness. Um, and he thought he was better than, than, um, than she. And um, again, I think the, the point that is, that is being, being made here, I think Jesus you know, sets, him, sets him straight. Well, I also think that last, um, almost the last thing, is important because it comes up other times. Who is this? The other people at the table began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sin? Um, That makes me think of the time they lowered the guy through the roof. Remember who was a paralytic? And Jesus, first of all, said to him, your sins are forgiven. And and, they, and then he says, which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven or pick up your bed and walk? And so he said, pick up your bed and walk, which gave credibility to your sins are forgiven. But, but that's really important. Who is it? These people are start. Jesus is making it clear that he's God in that situation. And I think, that, that's, I think that's one of the emphasis of, of Luke as a writer to depict Jesus even as more than a prophet, that he is, you know, that he is indeed, that he is indeed God. You know, that comes up, you know, just a whole number of times. Um, uh, for example, when Jesus stilled the storm, um, the disciples, um, you know, said, who is this who controls the, you know, who, who controls the waves, who controls the, the weather? And the, the psalmists say, is God is the one who controls the weather and can still the storms. And, you know, that's a point that the, that the gospel writers are um, you know, trying to make over and over and over again. That, um, you know, Jesus does, does things. It, it's God who heals. It is God, only God can forgive sins. God is the one who controls the, the wind and, and, and the waves. Um, and you know that that is the that's the basis of the of the question that Jesus Jesus asked the disciples. You know, who do people say that I am? They've seen me heal. They've seen me still the storms. They've seen me raise the dead. They've seen me forgive, forgive sins. You know, who do people say that I am? Well, some say you're a prophet, Elijah. You're my God. Who do you say? You're Christ. You, you know, you're the Son of the Living God. Um, that that's the you know the big question that they that uh, Jesus asked the disciples. Um, I have done all the things that God does. Do people realize who I am? That's um, and, I, and I think that's one of the points you know here too. Um, who is this who can you know can forgive sins? The answer is. It's God. Okay. Um, anything else? Huh? What did you say about number ten? Why do you think Jesus does not tell Simon? I, I don't. I don't think Simon was conscious of the fact that he was in need of God's forgiveness. Um, as you know, as a fa- you know, as a Pharisee, I have done. I I do it all. Um, I don't need to be. I don't need it. Now, maybe he does eventually. You know, who knows the rest of the story. Um, That's true. Um, 
but there's, you know, he thinks of himself as being self-righteous. I am a good person. I try to keep, you know, I try to keep the Lord, the laws. Um, I am, I am not in need of forgiveness. Yeah. This woman, I'm here. She's down here at this point. Next week it is um, Jesus looks at an individual who is spiritually blind. And I don't know anything about that because Pastor Fraley is teaching. <laughs> um, Pastor, yes, I'm going to be down in North Carolina preaching on Palm Sunday at my grandson's first communion. So I'm going to go into that. Let's close with prayer. Heavenly Father, as we look at the mirror of your word, one of the things that becomes very, very evident to us is the need that we have to be forgiven. We know that you are a loving and gracious God, a God who wants us to acknowledge our unworthiness and to accept the forgiveness that, that you want us to have. We are so grateful. We are so grateful during this Lenten season that your son went to the cross to die for us and to live for us. And what a privilege it is to be known as a child of yours. Lord, let that very special status we have motivate us and move us to be the people you want us to be people who love you, and people who love others. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the King of Glory Church Education Podcast. Our mission is to connect to God and His people, grow in faith and love, and live through service and sharing. Visit us on the web at kogva.org.